0: Viewer discretion is advised.
1: Ha! Whoa! Whoa! Ha! Man! Ha! Not sure how I found myself out here on this battlefield, but what I do know is that tonight's episode maybe is a little vulgar for some, and maybe isn't suitable for children. But hey, it's a cocktail episode, and the boys really get into it tonight. So hey, put on your headphones, listen to something cool, and go! Whoa! Hey, ha! Stone Hogan. <laughs> All right.
2: Hey, folks, this is the guy, Chad. You can catch us on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podomatic, and more to come. You can catch the Turnbuckle Report every Wednesday. Also, check out the Big Dog every Friday on DogCast. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter. Stay heel, baby.
0: Welcome, folks, to another episode of the Turnbuckle Report, the number one show in all your wrestling podcast needs. This is the People's Host Leland with me tonight. It is the cocktail night. We are buzzed and ready to move along, baby. The guy, Chad. What's up, brother? What
2: is cocktail episode for 500
0: Cocktail episodes mean we're bringing in the one and only dog cast father himself, Joshua,
1: baby, baby, baby. It's me, the big dog, motherfucking Josh Lampton. I'm here to tell you, mm. I'm ready.
0: Mm. 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 I just smell my That fingers. puts a I'm beat in, in my to. head every time I hear you bring yourself in like that. It's oh, oh, so gangster, so so. And we are like the whitest people in the world, but it is really gangster. The Turnbuckle Report is bringing you the greatest in wrestling today. I really take a moment to pause there and think about all that we do for the wrestling world. And it's a lot. It's a lot, really. If I was to pause and think about it for the amount of time that it's worth, we'd have to take a few weeks off, boys. But we can't do that tonight, because tonight is Cocktail. And I'm already buzzed. I'm ready to go. I'm slamming screwdrivers over here like I'm in college again. What are you guys sipping on?
2: Well, Alex, as you know, I was already <laughs> sipping on a liquid. But then I had got caught in my day job, and I had to resort to just a beer. Right? Isn't
0: that That's fun? not just a beer. That is not just a beer. That is the bluest of moons. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. It is. That,
0: that is comes from uh, the Rocky Mountains... Themselves. High,
1: little, little history high
0: about Blue Moon. Enough, Originally brewed at my when house you're drinking. In just call me. 1995. It was brewed in your house. In my house. <laughs> no, wow. it's uh,
2: Coors Field. And you know where I learned that fact? You, my friend.
0: You did learn that fact from me because I'm not only the people's host, I'm a motherfucking badass. That's right. You know what else happened in 1994? In your house debuted. It's coming back. and it's been all over our facebook it's all been all over our social media we're pretty pumped about this what do you guys feel about this them bringing back the in your house i think it's appropriate but what do you feel about what do you guys feel about i don't i honestly i
1: yeah honestly be honest actually you know what i don't like your answer lie to me i am so hyped for that thing that i'm like whoa you gonna give another house away no way jose that's great
2: very 90s doesn't it like the logo and everything. When I saw it, I was like, "Oh, NXT has gone back to 1995, giving away houses."
1: I love
0: it. I I have it on TV right now, and I'm watching the original from 1994, and it's Pretty Razor 90s. Ramon and Jeff Jarrett, and Jeff Jarrett looks like a stripper barber Kentucky wild man. I
1: don't really know what he looks so like. So just but he's just normal.
0: Yeah, he's <laughs> he just he's just, he just, he just he up completely normal. And uh, uh, chip, I don't, I'm excited about it because you know I'm a '90s kid, and anything '90s is good for me. I I just like it. I'm digging it. I'm feeling it. Wow. I don't know. I was kind of thinking you guys would be more over on this than you are. I wasn't no, a fan because... of it in
2: your house when it was new, like when it was out. I wasn't a big. Ba- I wasn't over on that pay per view when I was a kid. Maybe no. Maybe I missed the boat on that one.
1: True it's or not false? It's not the coolest thing to come out of the '90s. I am. Oh,
0: shut. Yes or no, Josh? First, would you let Bret Hart touch you in inappropriate ways?
1: Um, he'd probably break that stack of dimes he calls a neck if he even tried to walk his rinkety ass over to me. Um, Great answer, chat. Y- yes, I would. would.
2: I, with Bret Hart?
1: You would? Oh, hang on, uh,
0: hang on. You would? Oh, you know, Bret
2: Hart, I might, I might let him, you know, wink at me.
0: I'm telling you, 1994 Bret Hart. <laughs> I, if he was my priest. I would just allow things to happen and then not. If talk he about was it. your priest, if I was Catholic, if I
1: was Roman Catholic, and I had a preacher that, or maybe even a pope, then yeah, he'd fuck me every day. But get this, as the wrestler, it just it it, it, it is doing it for me. Okay, it is doing it. I feel, like, I feel for
2: like he's me. coming up to you. He's like, "Listen, son, listen. Have you ever had a grown man touch you before? Have you ever had one that's the best?" there is or ever will be, touch you. (laughs) He's he's literally sitting on the
1: opposite side of the confession box. You walk in there, give him this long, drawn-out story of how you just killed the fucking neighbor's dog, and he comes in like this. Hey, it's me. (laughs) I'm part of the Heart Foundation, and let me tell you something, I'm going to touch your privates.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You know... That's pretty insensitive to those that have experienced that, but I have to be honest. My brother's with you. Uh, an
1: angel now.
2: Bret Hart. <laughs> <laughs> I lost complete train of thought, man. I'm These sorry. cocktail <laughs> episodes, man. What was I going to about? That's the cocktail.
0: You're trying to get all liberal and, like, I was, I was trying stuff.
2: to get a little lefty righty, trying to stay yeah. in the middle, trying to go, ha-ha, funny to, oh, guys, that's a little insensitive, don't you think? Why don't you put a band aid on that?
0: That's what Bryhart said. <laughs> <laughs> this cocktail shows it's went off the rails. I'm loving it though, and I got can I can I take a moment real quick, guys? Just on a serious note, I know we've had a lot of fun so far, and um, this is going to be my last show. I know it's not fair to tell you guys this on air, um, but. Josh, Chad, um, you guys need to figure out who's going to be the new people's host because as one of you go on and become the new people's host, I'm going to go become a mommy, just like Becky Lynch. Let me tell you something.
2: When (laughs) I saw Owen Hart fall, everybody thought that was a work. Even (laughs) I thought that was a work, man. Didn't you? When you guys saw that go down, did you guys like, oh, man, he'll get right back up. He's like a cartoon character. And then when he didn't, and when he didn't, it was like mm-hmm. the first time in my young adulthood where I was like, oh shit, death is real.
1: It's a real Basically, thing. what happened was you had Brett on the outside of the ring. Okay, he's by his wife. <laughs> Owen drops, and his wife goes, shit. And Brett goes, no, no. Play this. Let's see how this plays out. <laughs> Let's, see Let's see how this, play this plays out. out. <laughs> because if he could pull this work off, they're going to fucking easily believe the Montreal school drop. So, this is the first thing. Let's wait to see if this works. Screw Drop. Yeah. So what exactly did you say, Leland? This is your last episode.
0: You motherfuckers! You totally no sold me on that. I was thinking this whole time how I'm gonna bring up Becky Lynch and her, she's pregnant, and all this stuff, and I was like, man, this is gonna be great. I'm gonna kind of rope him in, and then you just, you just no sold me like a motherfucker on this one. I
2: mean, if we're gonna be dark about things, when, when I found out that Becky Lynch was like relinquishing the title, I was like, yes. And then when I found out she was gonna be a mommy, I was like, yes. And then when I heard it was Asuka that was going to be the new champion, I was like, no, 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 Mm. no, we get, I was like, okay, can Becky still be the champion with the baby?
0: The baby, the baby's man. Now she's the godfather. So you don't like the idea of Becky Lynch becoming, well, hang on, you like her, you like the idea of her becoming a mother, but you don't like the idea of her... Well, I mean, it was giving at least the belt nine, Oscar. nine months
2: of no Becky Lynch on TV. I know this is not a very popular opinion. And, in fact, I guarantee a lot of people that want, listen to us are like, the guy, you're an idiot. Becky's like the best thing that's happened since wrestling. And maybe that's true, but I never really was over on Becky in the early days. That carried mm-hmm. on over into her current days. And because of that, that greenish piece of shit character she had she was wearing where she was jumping up and down like a cheerleader – Right out of school, trying to get... In, that's always left a bad taste in my mouth. And then when she was like the steampunk Becky, hated that. And then when she yeah. became the man, it just got worse. It felt like, for me, it just steamrolled downward. Where a lot of people projected upward for her, I went down. And I don't know why that is. I don't know why I went the opposite way, but that's how I've always felt about Becky.
0: So you Maybe went down I'm on wrong, Becky Lynch.
2: But I was... Hell, I was more over... On the English girl at the time. I wanted her to become the champion. Do you guys know who I'm talking about? She went to TNA?
1: Yeah. No clue. I do. Impact wrestling, I mean. Yeah. You're talking about no one other than Trish Stratus.
2: No, she was English. (laughs) English wrestler went to to Impact Wrestling.
1: You're right, Nia Jax.
0: Not (laughs) right, Nia Jax.
2: You guys are derailing like motherfuckers tonight. English female wrestler going to Impact. Come on, guys. You can do this.
1: I don't even watch TNA. Age? I hate TNA. The only thing good to come out of TNA is blood money. I mean, beer money. Nah,
2: she just had like a first name. She was just a first name wrestler. She didn't really have like, um, she's, a, she's a good looking girl. you know. Who's the just...
0: Chinese girl? Kim? Kim something? Kardashian. Kim Kardashian came out of TNA. Yep. <laughs> Did she really? <laughs> <laughs> Cocktail. Cocktail. So Becky Lynch is is now, here's the big argument, you know. People are like, well, I, is she ever going to come back? Are you fucking high? Of course she's going to come
1: back. I can tell you right she now is, when she's going to come back. Next year's Royal Rumble. She'll be entrance number 30. Oh my god, that's 30. so predictable, too. That's She'll so be entrance number 30. She's going to end up coming back. And she's going to end up winning the belt back from Asuka, who's going to have both belts up until next year's Wrestlemania. You're fucking high. You think yeah. Hot is going to carry both belts for a year?
0: 100%.
2: And by the way, you're going to think I'm even Uh-oh. more high when I tell you who this wrestler is, that you're both going to look at me like, what? You, like, turn okay. over Becky who? Uh, it was Emma is the wrestler I was looking for. Mm. I was more oh, over I was Emma thinking at the time, of her Becky Lynch was on the rise. But Emma left WWE and is no Fired. longer with them. And so mm-hmm. all of that focus now became on Becky. Not that I think Emma was going to be a women's champion. It's just mm-hmm. I was more interested. And by the way, she's from Australia. Not not. She's not English. Man, I really mm-hmm. fucked that up, didn't I? Emma. Yeah. Is to me at the time I was more over on her than I was Becky Lynch. And a lot of people are going to listen to this and be like, "The guy, have you been smoking weed? Because I think you have a problem. We need to see. You need to see somebody for this. The guy. The guy. Yes, guy. I agree. Go. I agree. You, you need to, to, to stay the fuck out this. of the scare house. And spend more time actually watching wrestling. The guy,
0: <laughs> plug. <laughs> That's right, and I mean, if you're gonna plug it, I'm gonna plug it. We got Dogcast on Fridays, we got Scarecast on Mondays, we got the Turnbuckle on Wednesdays. Is there any other podcast that you need to go to? No. no, of course not. And in the midst of that, hop over to Pixel Beards get your uh, get your uh, all your beard essentials. Are uh, you talking about beard Pixel grooming? For Dance. the nerds. TBR, promo code gets you 20% off on your first purchase.
2: Well, I was trying to create a little controversy. You guys may not remember Emma because her stint in WWE was short.
1: Mm-hmm. Are you
2: guys over on... I want to hear from Josh. Josh, are you over on Becky Lynch? Was Were you happy as her being the women's champion as long as she was?
1: I was not over on Becky Lynch. I'm still not over on Emma. And... As far as the controversy goes, the only fucking controversy I fucking care about is the fact that somebody said that Dave motherfucking Batista didn't have the best goddamn powerbomb of all goddamn time. Okay, let's, let's fucking switch crazy. gears.
2: I was on Twitter with Squash. you this week. I you was were. on Twitter with you. We're, the, yes. we're both the admins for our Twitter page. I watched right. all of that go down. Right. And I told the guy, I said, when the big dog comes in and you give mm. an A, B option, he comes with C, that means A and B never existed.
1: Listen. <laughs> They're both going back and forth, going, "Oh, Sid Vicious has the best power bomb." Oh. Vader has the best power bomb. Oh, your mom must have fucking dropped you as a kid because you're blind as fuck, bro. <laughs> Listen, this is a fucking fact, So I'm going to put a fucking promo down for Dave motherfucking Batista. It don't matter about the fucking power. It don't matter about how big you fucking are. It's from the fucking execution, the whole performance, everything, to the pregame, to the endgame. You need to have the top game on stack, and this is what you need to know. Dave Batista, the reason why he sets it apart from every other motherfucker that has a powerbomb. He, 9 out of 10 fucking times, hits them with a motherfucking spinebuster first. Bam! Hits him with a signature move. He gets up, fucking goes over to the ropes and about pulls those motherfuckers off. When he does that, the fucking crowd goes ecstatic. Then what does he do? Lifts them up. Or they get up on their own staggering. He does the thumbs up, thumbs down. Puts you there, lifts you up with so much fucking force, you're thinking they're going to the stratosphere, brother. Fucking does a sit-down powerbomb, which is arguably one of the most powerful, believable powerbombs to this fucking day. And then when they're out, then he rolls over and pins them. You know, Dave... Bautista I want to jump in first. I want to
0: jump in first. I know you wanted to say something, but I want to jump in first. Dave Batista does have the best powerbomb, and I'm going to tell you why Let's hear Dave Batista does. He sells it like a motherfucker. And by the way... I believe there is more F-bombs in your promo right there than all of Scarface, the movie of by the way. Great job, Josh. Dave Batista, the way he sits down into that uh, powerbomb and then flips over backwards, that sells it like when... Okay, let me back up. One of my favorite of all times, RVD, when he would sell that five-star flo- frog splash and then he would jump up and hold his abdomen... The way he sold that, that's the way that Dave Bautista sells his powerbomb to a point where it's so believable that it hurts the person doing the move. I like that.
1: I can't believe he even said RVD in the same sentence or something like that. Right?
0: <laughs> I love RVD, man. I love. He was one of my first wrestlers I ever met. I love the guy. I agree with you about
2: Dave Bautista. When I saw that even was in a conversation, you wrote in a C. I was like, that was a needed C to be written in on that test. Because if you're going to put out a test, make sure you have the right answers applied to the test. Don't create a test with stupid-ass answers. Because that means you're setting everybody else up for failure when you can't write in a test with the correct answers. Basically, what you said was, guys, I like your test but your answers are wrong let me help you out it wasn't that you were trying to hurt those guys on twitter you were just trying to help them out now let's flip a little bit josh you and i we got into it a little bit on facebook the next question is who has the best clothesline of all time now Leland and i had this conversation he and i sat down one day and we had a little bit of a powwow about you know between um jbl and uh adam hangman page he and i had this conversation off air we both, at the time, felt, maybe Leland's decision on this is a little different now, we both felt that Adam Hangman Page had the best clothesline. Mm-hmm. Just because he flips over the rope, mm-hmm. he sells the hell out of it. We yep. we both agree that the person taking the clothesline is really helping sell it. Uh, so maybe maybe a lot of Hangman matches, just he's been able to work with his competition to make sure that they sell that clothesline. But I've always felt like, since watching Page, he has the better clothesline than JBL. I even went back and looked at old JBL uh, clotheslines. I just didn't see. To me, he was already in the ring. He does the clothesline in his early days, though. He put on a clothesline one time on uh, Diesel that I thought it was gonna knock his fucking head off the ring. Like I thought he was gonna just his head was gonna fly off into the crowd. He did do that once. It was an insane clothesline. But other than that, I gotta give it to Hangman, man.
0: JBL, hey, can yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. I jump in on this because yes, Hangman does have the best clothesline in the business he sells it better than anybody else jbl may have the most devastating clothesline simply because
1: i would not want to take his fat tit in my face (laughs) dude that is the exact reason why i believe jbl has the best fucking clothesline of all time i mean go back to his matches with the big show his fat tit him and the fucking big show dude whenever jbl would hit him with a fucking clothesline it was a clothesline from hell He literally went up, he literally would go up and just go, bam, and the big show, and that's why he was so awesome to me, because back in the day, the big show, Andre the Giant, all those dudes, go back to the fucking WrestleMania when Hulk Hogan picked up Andre the fucking Giant. That made everybody Mm -hmm. go static because he's the fucking big dude. No one's supposed to overpower him. I got that same factor when I was younger, when I would watch JBL fucking just brutalize fucking Big Show. Because during that era, Big Show and Kane were the two biggest motherfuckers to ever step in the fucking ring. JBL would step in there, hit him with that clothesline, and he would literally kill him. I mean, you, Mm -hmm. Big Show... Hats off to him. He sells one of the... He's one of the best sellers. The, he's the best big guy seller in the industry ever. And when him Completely and JBL... 100%. When him and JBL stepped in the ring together, they had such good chemistry that when you knew when JBL was coming up, bam, and he would hit them with that clothesline, the Big Show would literally throw his feet up past JBL's head. Nobody did that to Big Show. And that's why mm-hmm. my personal opinion is JBL had the best clotheslines because no one has a devastating clothesline like that. Sure, Hangman Page knocks him over the ring, all that stuff, but it doesn't seem like a finisher to me. If it was a signature move, I'm all for it. That's the best clothesline signature. JBL's is the best clothesline finisher in the industry, period, in my opinion. Listen to what you're saying, though. You're saying that JBL
0: has the best clothesline because the way that Big Show sold it. Mm-hmm. What you just told me is Big Show Sells better than any big guy ever. Not that JBL has the best clothesline.
1: Well, it wasn't so just you're, big So Show. in that
0: argument you have, hang on, in that argument that you have, if, if Hangman Page is interchanged with that Lariat clothesline, isn't it even
1: more devastating because of the acrobatics it takes to get to the clothesline? In a way, but even with that being said, it wasn't just the Big Show that sold that move. It was because it was actually a devastating clothesline. When he hit it on John Cena, when he hit it on like Rey Mysterio, he would do a 700 spin around his arm like he has like a towel that he's trying to spin off really quick. I mean, mm-hmm. I just brought up the big show because that's the biggest dude you could do it to then. He was he was snapping sure. dudes necks from the cruiserweight to the heavyweight. And Adam Did Hangman Page, one I'm that sorry, Adam but Page put
2: on uh, Sammy Govera, though. Yeah, but man, I mean, he's man, a Sammy small didn't guy even like fits in of, like, in
1: no in like just, I'm, I'm, see, I'm waiting he just for did Hangman. This, took it. I'm waiting for Hangman to hit like someone big, like Warlow with it, or hit like. uh oh, it's coming, L- Luchasaurus. Yeah, it's coming. Uh, you know what I it's mean? It's probably like, coming. Sure, that's a great move, but like, where's your, where's your big guy takedown? I mean, I feel if, like the COVID okay. thing
2: really slowed down his steam, man, because he's been staying at home. But I feel like if, mm-hmm. if COVID didn't happen, we would have seen that. He would have, they would have had a match with the with the Jungle Express by now, defending those belts. He would have hit. Man, he would have hit Luchasaurus so hard with that. However, did you guys see AEW this week with Luchasaurus? Like, anytime anybody gets yes. in the ring with him with, like, best friends, it doesn't matter. Anybody that tries to hit him with a ho- large move, he takes it, absorbs it, and then continues the match. Josh mm-hmm. might be on to something. There could be a match where you see Hangman Page with Luchasaurus, and he goes for the Lariat, and Luchasaurus Damn. just stands there like, shit didn't fucking happen. No-sold. Like, sells he's it. like, bitch, and
1: you ain't exactly. got shit. And the first time that move gets no-sold... No longer even in the running for the best clothesline because you know who that, no that's sold the problem
2: though, so that hopefully it doesn't happen. Hopefully you're not right. And
1: you know you know how many people no sold JBL's clothesline? Not one person. Not one person. Let
2: me ask you, Josh, you brought up something good. Who do you think in all of wrestling sells getting hit or any move better than anybody right
0: now? I think it all now, depends an on which for that, style but I hear move. You answer. What's that? You're talking you're talking right now?
2: A wrestler that can take a hit. And sell it better than anybody in wrestling.
1: Okay. Move, don't,
2: don't put Rey Mysterio in there. Take him out. It's not fair.
1: Go ahead, Josh. I would say right now, honestly, mm, i probably have to give it a pretty good mix between The Miz and i probably good have choice. to give it to... Probably just the Miz, honestly. I think the Miz right now is probably the, the best seller. Yeah,
2: That's a good pick. I can give you that. The Miz sells pretty good. What about you, Leland? What do you got?
1: It probably won't be favored in this conversation,
0: but uh, I would say Chris Jericho at this point because Chris Jericho has been in the ring with guys that shouldn't be in the ring with him, if that makes sense. Not that they haven't deserved that spot, but at his point in his career, he should be main, you know, main eventing all the time. And the way he sells and the way he puts over, everybody that gets in the ring with Chris Jericho at this point, probably nobody more than Sammy Guevara has has been sold. He sells their moves. He sells what they're doing and puts them over.
2: Now, this might surprise you. I was going to say MJF because he does sell like a motherfucker.
0: Oh, man. I wish I wasn't drinking.
2: And I I want you guys to see if maybe you you saw what I saw. If you've seen AEW this week. Santana yeah that dude can sell moves man he took a DDT and you would have thought that DDT was the worst thing that ever happened to him he flipped in the ring fell over and it was like he looked like he was going into convulsion and he may have been he may have been like he was doing that shit I was like dude is selling the hell out of these moves uh, he was uh, I, so then I turn around I was watching earlier in the match when um, when it was Cody and uh, the new guy the, the murder hawk I was watching Lance them and I was Archer. Like, one of those guys are selling these moves. They'd get hit, and then they start hitting each other. Like
0: Yeah, it was a little bit of a spot fest for a while there. Yeah,
2: Cody Cody, and that guy were not... What was his name again, Leland? I'm too... I'm bad, Lance Archer. Lance Archer. Lance Archer. Yeah, no Number sell. two
0: contender in AEW.
2: Those two were no selling the hell out of each other. Like There was no selling it out. Like Those guys just kept hitting the shit out of each other. It was just more of a blood feud being made. But when I watched Santana, I was like, Santana is selling better than anybody right now. And maybe he's just... Selling better than anybody in AEW next to MJF. But I haven't seen MJF in the ring in a while, so I don't know.
0: He looked good this week, that's for sure. You know, I'm glad you bring that up because right now, I I made a note this week to talk about the AEW uh, rankings as of 513. Uh, Obviously, your champ is Jon Moxley, your number one contender, Cody Rhodes. Number two, Lance Archer. Number three, Kenny Omega. Number four, Brody Lee. Number five, Darby Allin. That's your uh, top five contenders right now in AEW. And I, the reason I brought this up, I love the fact, and I've loved it since they've started the started business. I love that they have number one contenders. I love that they have a top 10 because it already creates a storyline. If you look through this one through five right here, uh, not a month ago, maybe even a month and a half ago, MJF was your number two contender. But because he wasn't on air, because he wasn't on TV for a while, he dropped that ranking. That, that adds a legitimacy to a sport that we know is predetermined. I love the fact that AEW has a ranking system that makes sense, that builds storyline without even doing anything. I hate it in the WWE when people get the new title, when Drew McIntyre earns his title, And the only way he knows who's going to challenge for that title is the person that walks out on Raw Monday night. I hate that. It has no legitimacy.
1: Well, I have a theory behind why that is. I mean, I think what AEW is trying to go with is UFC is kind of the modern era WWE. It has that wow factor. I mean, back in the 90s, the 80s, the early 2000s, WWE was on top of the world for that different style sport. What I mean by that, not like that football, basketball Soccer—it's something different—and I think what AEW is doing is they're trying to bring the ranking into the wrestling world, and they know that since every—it's not—it's not not unknown that these are predetermined matches. But so with that, they said, "How are we going to be able to make this ranking system make sense?" And what they're doing is they're giving each one of those points like back in the day where the belt actually held ground where like if you actually had a belt, it like had weight behind it. What they've done is they've went back and restructured the ranking system to where those rankings actually are meaning they hold weight to where you are. So I Mm -hmm. like that factor. I think they're trying to give believability to the ranking system.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Josh or Chad, I can't imagine you have any different opinion on this, but please go ahead.
2: No, Josh hit it on the head. They're just trying to get believability. The only thing I was disappointed to see is that SCU isn't ranked. But they haven't really been doing much, I guess, on TV. But no. the reason I bring them up, you have private parties sitting at dead last in those rankings. But you see SCU on TV. I don't understand why private parties ranked.
0: Well, if you look at the top five, it's all the people that have been on the, have been on the program this last few weeks during this whole COVID thing. Yeah. Um, the only one that I really wanted to kind of dispel a little bit, I guess why is Brody Lee at number four I don't know Mark. I don't I don't understand this darby Allen has been in main events since the beginning of aew um and not just you know he's lost a few I get it but he held in Denver he held strong with Chris Jericho uh, where he went completely over I know he didn't win the match but he went over in that that arena blew up I was there in attendance blew up for Darby Allen why is he at number 5? I if I was doing this, then your number 3 would have been Darby Allin, your number 4 would have been Kenny Omega, and I would have had number 5 blank because I'm not putting Brody Lee there. Just because Brody Lee shows up and he's got WWE attached to his resume doesn't mean fucking shit to me. I could care less that he was with the WWE. He was a shit character in the WWE. So come over to AEW, create your own character, and put yourself over. Don't think just because you're on their heels that, that the fans are going to accept
1: you like you're something. Well, even still at that, I may be off base, but that's what I feel. Even still at that, that's why his rankings where it is, though. I mean, because yeah. they're trying to avoid that. And that's so probably why that it pisses if, me off so much. So they knew that if they put him at number one, everyone would be like, come on, dude. Just because he's coming over, he's the n- number one guy. They figured yeah. they kind of they kind of took like I said the UFC approach. So they took the same approach like the like the fighters from Strike Force. If they were if they had a pretty good standing in Strike Force, they came over and they got put in the middle of the top 10. That's the same exact thing that mm-hmm. happened here. Same exact thing that you see is that Brody Lee came over. They didn't put him in the top 3, not the number 1 contender. They put him as fourth. And I think cuz you have to have him in the ranking system you brought him over you're giving him a push he has to be somewhere you can't put him at the top of the card can't put him at the bottom that will kill his momentum you had to put him in the upper middle so I think the fourth is actually the most reasonable spot to have him is it because I'm not over on the character I just don't want
0: to see him in the top five
2: well Josh took it from a logical standpoint right you look at it logically I I'm not over on Brody Lee because I feel like it's Luke Harper it's just the (laughs) same guy just wearing different shit It is. Mm -hmm. To me, I'm like, well, I didn't like you there as that character. You brought that character to AEW, why am I going to like you here any differently? Let's be
0: fair. It's Luke Harper trying to be Bray Wyatt. That's what I don't like about it. I like Bray Wyatt as the fiend. I like Bray Wyatt as the prophet. I don't like Luke Harper trying to be Bray Wyatt.
2: The eater of worlds Bray Wyatt, if you will.
0: I think it actually takes away from what AEW is trying to accomplish. If AEW, and I I get it, I'm an AEW mark, I get it. This has been the one mistake, in my opinion, that AEW has made. Don't bring bring over Luke Harper, make him Brody Lee, just because he's got WWE attached to him. I don't watch AEW because I wanna see former WWE. I watch AEW for the Hangman Page, for the Kenny Omega, for the MJF, for the Cody Rhodes, should I keep going? That's why I watch. Jeremy I want to see those guys over. I could give a fuck how much Brody Lee gets over. Right? That's how I am.
2: I think he should have stayed in WWE. Did we not say this? Did we, we not did. say this three or four yeah, months ago? We did. did we not say Luke Harper should stay with WWE? If he goes to AEW, we did. he's going to get did. lost in the shuffle. It's going to be mm-hmm. a mistake.
0: And but that's not what's happening. He's not getting lost in shovel. He's number the as of as of May thirteenth, he is the number four contender, and he's getting the push like nobody else is getting now, the push.
2: For now, for now. If Moxley drops the belt to Brody Lee, that's a mistake. Mm-hmm. It'll be a mistake if he drops the belt, and if he oh goes for God. A belt title God now forbid. and he drops, that's it. What are do you doing with Brody forbid. Lee now? Have him devastate the fucking mid card belt now? Oh, let's go mess with the TNT title.
0: You have Brody Lee completely leave titles alone. This is a character that doesn't need titles. Just like The Fiend in, AE- in, in WWE does not need titles. It is a blood feud. It is going after John Cena because he beat you five years ago at WrestleMania. This is Brody Lee now going after to recruit people for the Dark Order. So why and, is he carrying this? Why did he steal it? Why that's is he the problem holding the title even that's though he didn't the be problem a for it? that's the problem that exactly. that is the mistake aew is making right now you're right well that silence says everything folks aew please hear us take Brody Lee do something else with him create a blood feud have me get invested I am not invested with what's happening right now uh, in, in those rankings. Four out of the top five I completely agree with. Just change it. One last note here, folks. Daniel Bryan, breaking news, is a complete wimp in real life. I don't know if you've heard this. I am afraid to admit that I watched the Bellas, but it's all things wrestling on Turnbuckle Report. Artem from Dancing with the Stars is more manly than Daniel Bryan. He will go fishing. Daniel Bryan is afraid. Of fish suffocating once he gets them out of the water. Or not Well, I don't even know what to say or where to go with that. And the look on Josh's face says that whether you're heel, whether you're babyface, you do. production.